Chodesh Tov. Tov. So, uh, a couple of public service announcements before we begin. Tonight, Bezer Hashem, is the launch of our new series. It's going to be the Navi series. It's called the Navi Podcast. The goal, basically, what, what we've been doing is we've been learning the Torah in this very uh, unique way in that we're paying very close attention to words and we're seeing connections between passages and we're studying the Peshat and hopefully over time people we're realizing that the stories have so much depth just understanding them simply is not such an easy task and the Peshat which you know if there's one thing I hope people come away with is that when you grow up in school in the modern yeshiva system you're trained to see the simple meaning of the text as the simple meaning. And then if you really want to learn, you have to go and study the Midrash, right? And, and what we're trying to do here is to show that, no, it's actually the opposite. It's the Peshat, the simple understanding is where all the depth is. And if you want to find the depth, it's finding the depth in the Peshat. And sometimes the way you'll find the depth of the meaning in the Peshat is by using the Midrashim. Meaning it all comes back to the, te- to the text. You, you, we don't use the text as an excuse to go off into other things. We see the text as the ultimate depth. And we're using the Midrashim to inform the depth of the text. And, 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 and that's what and a lot of people come, are coming to me and saying, Wow, I can't believe we never studied like this. You know? <laughs> um, uh, and this is so... Uh, no, it's not novel. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's just that... People have not been introduced to this. This is a way of study. I, where do you think I prepare these classes from? It's all there. There are hundreds of rabbis that that use these me- this methodology. This methodology is very common in um, the school that I went to in Israel. Yeshivat Ma'aleh Adumim is very very focused on this this way of studying Tanakh. In fact, one of the the, the Rashi Yeshiva there, one of the, the heads of the Yeshiva, is a rabbi named Rabbi Chaim Sabato. And Rabbi Sabato is actually, and he's a poet slash author, and he's very, very, very wow. skilled in literature. I think he's one of like he got some prize in Israel for wow. being for writing books because he's a phenomenal, phenomenal author. And he takes his literary skill and he approaches the text. I remember one one time. I remember one moment in my Shiva experience that was very unique. Was I, I went to him with a question. It was in six, seven years ago at this point. And I wanted to understand what the Torah was trying to say with a certain pasuk. Okay? And then I was used to... When I, I don't know who's, if you're going to understand fully what I mean here. But whenever I, I grew up, asking what the Torah meant from a certain pasuk, you wouldn't typically get a straight answer. You'd get an answer something like... Uh, Rashi says this And Ramban says this And the Mirash says this and, 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 and the rabbi wouldn't Have the, the courage To say what he thinks The text is trying to tell you The text is more To the extent that When I would ask a question Before I went to the Shiva, It was almost like the text Is impossible to understand So don't try anyways Just, just read the text Don't even make an attempt At understanding the text on your own Just read it in light of, of the Perushim so when I go to, to Rav Sabato with, with, with a question, with the assumption that he's going to answer me like this, and he thinks for a second, he says, from a literary, from a literary perspective, the Torah, and he says this in Hebrew, right? The Torah is trying to show you the importance of this. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> very easy, very simple. That, that, that's, you know, that's so brilliant. Straight. <laughs> and it was a completely different, a different way of approaching the Torah. But uh, the, the whole point is, because we find uh, the, the, 
we, I see a lot of significance in learning the Torah in this way, it, it's impossible to do this form of study without knowing the rest of Tanakh also. Because one of the things we do all the time is we try to see the literary connections from story to story. And we do a good job within the Torah because we know the Torah, but most people don't know the Tanakh. So all of a sudden you come across a story in Yehoshua, which is what we're starting tonight, and you're going to see in Sefer Yehoshua five times it makes, it, it makes connections using words from Psukim that we're familiar with from the Torah. So if you don't know the whole Tanakh, you miss out on all the fun, basically. It, 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 you know? So we're studying the book of Yehoshua. It's going to be once a week for now. So it's not going to be such a fast class, maybe one chapter or something a week. Um, but we'll try our best and hopefully it'll, it'll add some depth. Because, you know, we could do parasha, parasha, parasha. At some point there is the other, pl- other things in the Torah we have to study as well. Okay. Uh, the other thing, other public service announcement is that um, all of these classes are done through Sephardic Beit Midrash. That's, that's, that uh, Josh Levion is, is very involved in running. Um, at some point, like once a year, I'm expected or, or, or we should um, announce that Sorry Bimrash does look for donations. Yes. Um, everything, everything in the community that's tied to Torah study somehow comes back to Sephardic Beit Midrash. Okay? So um, if anybody is looking to... And, and there are a lot, a lot going on with Sephardic Beit Midrash. There's a lot of programs and things that should be supported. So if somebody values the Torah and if somebody's benefiting at least from these classes, then I would appreciate it if people could, could reach out to Josh. For, for larger donations, you could reach out to Josh Levion and um, see if, you know, if you could... If you could. For small donations, the best way to do it is I'm going to start putting a PayPal link on the podcast and I may post it. And I think he has Venmo. I think, I think he has everything. So, so if somebody could make a, a small, a large one, whatever it is. Um, one other way, if a person wants to do small donation, the recommended way is to sign up on PayPal for like a monthly thing. So you could do, instead of doing, I don't know, $1,000, a person could do like an $18 a month kind of thing. So you don't really feel it, but also it's, it's continuous support for the Ben Midrash. So that's something that I, I personally i am requesting because, you know, a lot, Baruch Hashem, a lot of people benefit from these classes and it would help Ben Midrash if, if people actually supported the institution that is promoting all of the Torah that we're studying. All right. 100%. Now that I got enough time out of the way to get make sure Daniel made it to class, we can begin. That was maybe the longest intro. I just I just spent six <laughs> minutes. You, you put your it. class also on our um, WhatsApp. Uh, what What do you mean? Oh, just the class of the after. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. After, I'm, I'm, I'm Navi. The, uh, yes. So the Navi is going to be the Navi class is going to be accessible in the traditional ways with Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I will also post it in the in the chats because right. I know some people. Some of the people don't yet know how to open up a link on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. So they like to listen through WhatsApp. Thank you. All right. Now, I'm let's see how much. Uh, okay. Pa- Parashat Va'era. Oh, oh. It's Parashat Va'era. Uh, what did we do at the end of Parashat Shemot? So at the end of Shemot, Moshe goes to Borei Olam after Paro increases the load that Am Yisrael has to, has to produce. Without giving them straw, meaning he makes it harder. He tells them, you have to bring me the same amount of bricks without having straw. All of a sudden, the Am Yisrael are getting struck. And the job just got a lot harder. And Moshe has done nothing but hurt them. So 
Hashem goes to Moshe and he says, Lama Hariyata, Lama Zed, Lama Zed Shilachthani. Why did you do so bad to this nation? Why did you send me? From the time you sent me to Paro, it's only been bad. And then Boreolam responds to him, Don't worry. He's going to send you with a strong hand. I'm going to warn you that the continuation into Parshat Va'ira is very confusing. <laughs> a lot of If you look at the text It's very hard to decipher Why the text is saying The things it's saying it's a lot of psychological No, no, no It's not only that It's a lot of repetition So let's read a little And you'll see what I mean Perek Vav Pasuk Bet God speaks to Moshe And he says I am Hashem and I appear to Abraham To Yitzchak and Yaakov With the name El Shaddai but my name Adonai, I did not appear to them. And I also kept established a covenant with them. To give them the land of Canaan. In the land where they were dwelling, the land where they lived. And also I've heard the cries of Bnei Israel that the Egyptians are enslaving them and I remembered my covenant. Okay, so so far that's what Boreolam says. So that seems to be a little bit repetitious also because he already told Moshe that he remember he heard the cries of Bnei Israel. Yes. And at the burning bush when he said I'm going to go down to save them. So you could understand this that he's just repeating himself because but clearly Bore Olam Okay, so now but we do have a question of so first of all why is Bore Olam saying this? Because Moshe needs to hear it because Moshe is down again yeah. and he needs to hear that no, don't worry I'm still I don't, haven't forgotten anything. What does it mean? I appeared to them with the name El Shaddai but the name Adonai I did not appear to them. So I don't know I don't know what that means. Um, he's, he's showing that he's getting closer to Moshe. You know, your relation with me is much more. So, so he's not talking about my connection to. He's talking to them. He's talking to them, uh, right? So, wh- when did we see the name El Shaddai? I'm going to give you some hints, but I don't know what to make of them. Um, what did we see about the name El Shaddai? When, uh, Moshe. So El Shaddai appeared any time God gave the promise for the the being the chosen nation of the covenant. So El Shaddai goes, El Shaddai is typically the God that blesses for the land and for progeny. They're going to have, they're going to have a lot of kids and they're going to inherit the land of Israel. Uh, the, the other, the problem with that is, okay, so you could say that God appeared to them as El Shaddai and then for Israel, maybe Adonai represents the, the completion of that covenant. So El Shaddai makes the covenant and then Adonai completes the covenant. The problem is that whenever it says that I did not appear to them as Adonai, it's hard to understand what that means. Because there's no shortage of the word Adonai in Sefer Bereshit. So, I, uh, again, I if know, any, but we, and they also we hear that the, our forefathers spoke in the term of Adonai. They said Adonai they also. Adonai. They speak to Adonai. So, I mean, if somebody wants to go into depth, you know, any, any, do, you, do you have what Rashi says on it? I'm reading it now. As well, it's not easy. It's different names that, you know, I revealed myself. There are so many different names of Hashem. Yeah, but, but to, what do they all mean? That's the question yeah, here. So they say this name of God implies that's El Shaddai. Yes. That's what we said, yeah. 
hodat en katib kan hodati. I did not inform them. Oh no no! So here here is another here's another point I'm reading down here. It's the way they. It's like he never. So there's a point I'm reading down here. It says lono dati lahem. I was not known to them by this name. What does it mean? I was not known to them by this name. Meaning, although no, although I could, I was manifesting myself in my traditional way. The the avot in their mind, they only were able to comprehend me as the God who is the one who gives the blessing. But. Am Israel, because they are in a different situation, are going to comprehend me differently oh, okay. because of their their suffering I was in not Egypt. Now by them in my aspect of truth. Merci. Okay, so uh, whatever. This is a very difficult piece. We're we're just throwing speculation at the wall. Uh, if anybody wants to do some research into the names of God, this is a, a classic pasuk to try and understand. Pasuk six. Maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's also it's not necessarily maybe it's this is more something directed at Moshe giving continuing to give him let's keep going because we're in the middle of a, of a thing yes. and therefore say to Bnei Israel I am Adonai and therefore tell Bnei Israel that I am Hashem I will take you out from the burdens of Egypt and I will save you from being slaves and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and then I will take you as a nation and I will be for you God and you will know that I am Adonai your God that took you out of the burdens of Egypt and then I will bring you to the land and I will bring you into the land that I lifted my hand in a swear to give to Abraham and Yaakov and I will give it to you as an inheritance I am the Lord so Moshe goes after, again, this is after Moshe tried once with Paro, and Paro already made them work so hard. So Hashem tells Moshe again that I will redeem them in this and that. I keep my promises. And then Moshe goes and tells Bnei Israel, but they did not listen to Moshe from shortness of breath and from hard work. Okay, so now. Uh, where, where, what are these? What did we just read? Well, did, is there anything uh, to to note about the things we just read? What are all these things? Um, I'm going to keep my promise. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's he's encouraging Moshe. Don't worry, I'm going to keep my promise and this and that. But what what is the? Uh, where do we see these words come up? So this is. According to at least the Talmud, according to Talmud Yerushalmi, this is one of the sources for the four cups of Pesach. These, these are this is those these are those words. We're reading we're reading the Lishonot Agiula right now. We're reading the the languages of of redemption. So let's let's break them down one by one and see what God is doing. Because until last night, I never I wasn't really processing what each one of these words mean. Okay, the the first word is. I'll take you from out of the burden of Egypt. That means a cessation of labor. Yes. No more hard work for somebody else. The next one is And I will save you from 
being their slaves, that means that I'm going to remove you from under their dominion. So one is that you're not going to have work anymore. The second one is you will not be their slave anymore. Meaning you could be a slave and still have work. So first I'm going to get rid of the work. Then I'm going to get rid of the slavery. And then... What is the ga'alti at What does it mean when a person is go'el? What does it mean to redeem? So where in Tanakh have we seen the idea of redemption? So we see it. Okay, that's, that's a good point. But we see it, ge'ula, typically means when a person purchases someone else out of slavery. Yeah. So we saw it, it's key, it comes up very key in, in the book of Ruth, in which um, yes, the... it, it, she's, she's purchased out of her, out of her oppression by Boaz, yes. right? And, and there's a Goel who came, who, the Ploni Almoni guy, who they went to first in order to see if he wants to purchase her out of her poverty. So that's a typical case of Geulah. Geulah is... The, the most basic usage of the word, word Geulah is when you buy a slave out of his servitude. So, so now we understand God is going to stop the work, then he's going to stop the slavery. He's going to pay to get us to, to buy our freedom. And then that's why the next stage, to buy them out of that status. Exactly. That's what Geulah means. I never understood the depth of what Geulah means. That, the, the simple understanding of what Geulah is, is buying someone so out of their status as a slave. And then, like you cannot become a slave again. Right. Wait. And then well, he, so he buys us. He bu- he buys us, and then And once we are no longer slaves and we are purchased, then you'll be for me a nation instead of slaves for Paro. So I never understood the progression here, but the idea, the key word there is to understand the, the key the key in those four is to understand what the word geula means, and it finally dawned on me what the word geula means. Now I read a fascinating Devar Torah, so beautiful by by Jonathan Sachs, and he said we have four cups of four cups at the, at Pesach, right? And then there's a tradition to have a, a fifth cup. Yes. Okay, what is this fifth cup coming from? So the, the fifth cup is actually for the word, And I'll bring you into the land. So Jonathan Sachs has a beautiful essay where he says, The first four cups, they already happened. God redeemed us. He took us. And so we drink those four cups. But then for this fifth cup, for some reason, there's actually a machloket in the halakha if you even need a fifth cup. According to Rashi on the Gemara, Rashi says there's no fifth cup. There's no, there, he says the Gemara that says that is just a, it's a misprint. Rambam says there is a fifth cup, but it's optional. And he says the Ravad says there is a fifth cup, it's a mitzvah, but it's not a requirement. So then he's saying, what's the idea? He's saying, isn't it interesting that the first four elements of the Geulah occurred and are part of our past? But the fifth part of our Geulah is part of our future. And because of that, it's dependent on how deserving we are of, of, getting, of getting into Israel. And therefore, that's, that's why we have the cup, but we don't drink it. Because you know, we have the cup, we have the cup, but it's not 100% like it's ours. You know, we don't know if we deserve it yet. We don't know if it's, if it's something that we can, we can happily celebrate yet. And then he said, wait, but then he said, there was one rabbi, believe it or not, there is one rabbi who said that there is, because we have this argument in the Gemara, if we should even have a fifth cup, the halakha is a person doesn't drink that cup. We don't drink it. 
There was one rabbi who said, ever since the founding of the state of Israel, it's now a mitzvah to start drinking it. <laughs> so, he used, so he used the fact that the Jews moved to Israel yeah, to, drink it. to change a halakha and to start drinking that cup. So now for that rabbi, there was five cups because we have to thank Borei Olam also for the last Okay, so that's a very nice Amazing. of our Torah by Jonathan Sachs. Okay, so in, in, anyways, Bnei Israel doesn't listen to Moshe because of the difficult work and from all the hard labor. Uh, Pasuk 11, uh, Pasuk 10. So if the Jews aren't listening to you, come speak to Paro, king of Egypt. You will send Israel from his land. He says, if the Jews didn't listen to me, how will Paro listen to me? Behold, I am locked of lips. So my, my question on this is, didn't Moshe already say this? Yes, to he already said that I'm Aral Safatayim. So is he repeating himself again? So maybe once Bnei Israel didn't listen to Moshe, Moshe, once again, he, his insecurities came yes, out again. Yes, yes, so saying, sure, Hashem, sure I, I don't even know how to speak. Yes. I don't know what, what you're saying to me. And then... My, my question is though, it seems like perhaps either what we're reading here is all just a summary of what happened before, or Moshe, when he went to Bnei Israel, he didn't use Aharon. It seems like. Because it doesn't say that. By the way, yes. after, well, after this, Hashem reiterates that you have he, to. He, after this, he read in the next pasuk by the Bera Adonai Moshe be Aaron. You have to speak to Moshe and Aaron, yes. and he, and he yes. commanded them to Paro to yes. go to, uh, yes. to go speak to Paro in Egypt. Aaron is going to be the one who speaks, and you are the one. So what happened? So they went to Paro together, and then Paro made the work worse. Moshe gets demoralized. Maybe he tries speaking. He goes back to Hashem, and Hashem sends him to Ben Yisrael. He tries without Aaron. But then it doesn't succeed, I, so he gets. I see it as a, as a progression of Moshe's relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Because if you go fast forward toward the end, he's Eved Moshe Avdo. He doesn't have that doubt anymore in him. Yeah, but for sure. You, you cannot see. You cannot just have overnight the moment he met. Oh, everything. Does that. Okay, like so something that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Not you have to realize that Moshe isn't the Moshe from year one twenty at, at on day one. And one of the things we're going to see in tonight's Yoshua Shiur is that Moshe is known as Eved Adonai, meaning the ultimate, the most subservient person. He, he's, his own will was completely nullified to the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, what Daniel's pointing out is that here, the text is trying to show you the struggle of what it takes to become a true servant of God. It's not easy to nullify your will to the will of God. It doesn't happen in one day. And what we're seeing is the development of Moshe in that regard. Okay, Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.